Hey, podcast fam, Eric here. And if you're an affiliate marketer or looking to monetize your online presence, you need to know about ShareASale.com. ShareASale is not just an affiliate network. It's your gateway to a world of opportunities. With thousands of high-paying affiliate programs across various niches, ShareASale connects you with top brands ready to collaborate with content creators like you. Imagine earning commissions for simply sharing products you love. Whether you're into fashion, tech, or lifestyle, Share Us Sale has got a partnership waiting for you. Ready to turn your passion into profits? Head over to milwaukeemafia.com slash shareasale and sign up today. It's free, it's easy, and and it's your ticket to unlocking a new revenue stream for your business. You're listening to Milwaukee Mafia, your weekly podcast dose of Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Milwaukee Mafia Podcast. My name is Eric Walterkins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And our topic for today is how to join the Mafia. Yeah, how to join it. So take it away, Gavin. All right. So how do you join the Mafia? Uh, there's, a, there's a few things you got to do. Uh, first of all, you have to be Italian. There is no, at no time in history has there ever been a point no. where they've allowed that to not be no no it's i mean unless somebody was pulling a fast one on them nope that's originally the rule was you had to be a full-blooded sicilian then they loosened that up you could be italian of any kind uh then it was they loosened it up again and as long as your last name was italian so you could have like an italian father and an irish or whatever mother and that was fine and i'm pretty sure that's where the rule so you have to be italian you have to be a man there's no women who are allowed to be so we're both men, but I don't think either of us are Italian, so... Yeah, we're out. Yeah, we're, we're out. out. Unfortunately. I don't need to be in the mafia, to be honest with you. No. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. good. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, you do not apply to get in the mafia. You don't uh, fill out a form and hand it in and say you'd like to join up with them. It's not- d- I'm going to guess this is something that it's, you know a guy who knows a guy or some something along that line. Yeah, pretty much you know a guy who knows a guy. Uh, I think it's sort of comparable to baseball, and uh, maybe this is a bad analogy. But I am really just want to say that I'm really curious how these analogies are going to play together. Yep. <laughs> okay. So uh, you're familiar with in baseball, you've got the major league. Yes. And then you've got like your minor leagues and you've got your farm leagues and you've got whatever, right? Yes. Okay. So I think it's comparable to that. Like in this case, the major leagues would be the. Okay. But then you got these other guys who are out there. They're committing robberies, burglaries. Uh, they're involved in bookmaking, they're gambling, whatever. And, uh, but they're not in the mafia yet. They're involved in these smaller scale up. And I think I think this is kind of what happens. One of the guys in the major leagues notices you. Hey, you're doing a good job. You're making a lot of money. We want to recruit you into our organization. And that seems very feasible. That's, I mean, acquisition. That's a business acquisition right there. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if at a period of time in, say, Milwaukee, there were people that were just creating these crime organizations to hopefully catch the eye of the mafia Mm -hmm. to get picked up by them yeah definitely um i know that there were some burglary gangs who who became sort of well known which is not probably a good thing if you're well known but in this case it would be and yeah and some of them would then get recruited and some of them didn't and this is really really well known in chicago like in chicago there was a gang called uh, the 42 gang, which is a terrible name for a gang. But the reason they called themselves that is 
an old story called Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. Okay. So Alibaba plus the Forty Thieves is forty one. They're like, we're better than that. <laughs> we're the we're the forty two gang. <laughs> so there are these there are these kids in Chicago who they were like, we're better than the Forty Thieves. We're- oh, these these crime lords are brilliant. I know, <laughs> but but you'll find that a lot of the Chicago members ended up coming out of this gang. Like they, it was a really common practice that these were people who grew up together and they one by one started getting inducted in and we see that also in uh in milwaukee there was a guy named kono labrizi uh kono the weasel and he had a little gang of like teenage thieves who were going around committing burglar and stuff and some of his burglary kids making it in because they got known which is again probably not great that you're known as a burglar but that will get you noticed. would any of these um Little divisions, the 42 gangs or whatever that mm-hmm. are not really the mafia, but that's where kind of the mafia recruits from. Yeah. So you use the baseball parody, which actually worked pretty well, and I'm shocked by that. Thanks. But <laughs> so I'm going to go back to the baseball parody, and the baseball teams have their own minor league teams. Yeah. So at any point in time, did like the Milwaukee Mafia have a specific gang that – was almost not part of the mafia, but closely associated with the mafia that they were specifically like, if I if I was in the mafia and I met a kid and the kid's like, I want to be in the mafia, I'd mm-hmm. say, go join this gang and that's your road to getting into the mafia. Mm-hmm. Do you think it ever became that structured or were they just looking around the other known crime gangs in the area and targeting I suppose that's possible. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you about any internal discussions they had about that. But I mean, I, I suppose it makes sense that they said, "Hey, you know, go work for this guy, and we'll see how you do." That could, that could certainly happen. Yeah. But from your research, you don't. There isn't a specific gang in Milwaukee that it was like, "My God, half the mafia came from this gang," or mm, anything like that. Not so much. But, but see, the thing with Milwaukee is, is now if you remember back to an earlier episode, we talked about how a lot of these guys came from the same city in Sicily. So a lot of them already knew each other. So they already know each other. They, yeah. they grow up in the same neighborhood. A lot of them are, are cousins with each other. And more often than not, when somebody joins, they already have a brother or their father-in-law or somebody already has known. So it's very rarely somebody who's just randomly lives in the same city, It's um, especially in Milwaukee. In bigger cities, it's different. But in Milwaukee, being the smaller community that it is, you usually know a kid. And by the time that they become old enough that you want to recruit them, you've seen who they are. You know if they can be trusted. So when you're saying that, like, so I'm in the mafia and my nephew moves here, mm-hmm. does that kid, once he becomes of age, I can just recruit him into the mafia? Or am I going to send him through the minor leagues before he gets to the big leagues? It's a great question. So to get in, so you got to be an Italian, you got to be male, you got to be a man. Now, there is a common myth that to get into the mafia, you had to have killed somebody. And that, I don't think, was ever true. It maybe was true at one point in time, or maybe certain cities that was true in. Um, it doesn't seem to be true uh, in Milwaukee, at least not later on. And it doesn't really make sense if you think about it either. Because if everybody had to kill somebody, you'd have to come up with a reason to start killing people. Like, mm-hmm. That's not, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, really, the primary thing is, can you make so, yeah, so you gotta, you gotta make money. Sometimes people were involved in murders, and maybe they drove a getaway car or something. But, uh. And that doesn't make very much sense to me because when it all comes down to it, I understand that the mafia did a lot of illegal things and basically worked in the dark area of the commerce. Yeah. But in the end, they were just a business. 
That's yeah. what they were about. They were not about killing people. They were about making money. Correct. Maybe sometimes they killed somebody to, you know, help that cause. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that. But <laughs> but generally, no. I mean, the, the main thing, if you can make money without killing somebody, you're going to make money without killing somebody because police really don't when you kill people. Like, if you're, if you're going to gamble, they can look the other way. If you're going to be involved in prostitution, they can look the other way. When there's a body laying in the street, they can't really ignore that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so, so say you got this nephew. Now, you can be his sponsor. Everybody has to have a sponsor, but nobody gets in unless the boss okays it. So the boss has the final say of who's getting in and not. So the sponsor would be the person you know, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So if you say, hey, you're already in, and you say, hey, my nephew, he's going to be great. He's the perfect guy for this. And you talk to the boss, you say, hey, can we get him in? You know, the boss is either going to thumbs up or thumbs down. If they thumbs up it, you're the sponsor. If he does anything that screws up, that's going to come back on you. So make sure you're picking the right people. Because if he ends up later on where he's going out and he's ratting out his friends to the police, they're going to, well, first they're going to go after him. But then they're going to go after you. And they're going to say, the hell did you let this guy in? So, yeah. So you got to have a sponsor. If you get approved, you go to... The ceremony. The ceremony. Yes. I imagine this is like boot camp ceremony or something. Well, it's not that bad. <laughs> so the ceremony to, to actually go from being sponsored to being a full member, they have it on record back to 1877. It's probably earlier. But that's the earliest time they have it on record. Somebody actually ratted them out and said, hey, this is this is what we did to get in. That guy got killed, so don't <laughs> don't don't be like that guy. But but what he told uh, the police about how people were made members, uh, still a hundred years later, they were doing it the same way because they've caught a few of them on hidden microphones, and they've had people who have turned informers who like, yeah, we still do it that way. So I'm going to go. I'm going to tell you what happened. Okay, in the secret ceremony. All right. All right. So you go into a basement or an abandoned warehouse or somewhere where they're not going to walk in on. And it's you, the new member, your sponsor, the boss, and a handful of other guys. Not necessarily everybody, but a handful of other guys just sort of witness. And you're going to get seated down at a table. They are going to take a knife and they're going to poke your finger, your trigger finger. And okay. they're going to take a drop of blood from your trigger finger and they're going to wipe it on the picture of a saint. Because these guys are all Catholic. Okay. On that saint, then they light the picture of the saint on fire, and you have to hold it in your hands until there's nothing left but ashes. And while you're doing this, they say something to the effect of, if you turn against us, if you betray our rules, may you burn as this picture of the saint is burning. You burn like that. All right? This is crazy. I know. So they do that, and then they tell you the rules. And the rules are pretty simple. Don't rat people out. Always respect the boss. And... Be respectful of women. So that's nice. You know. I, I assume that the mafia breaks that rule of being respectful to women on, All a, the regular, time. on a regular All basis, the time. right? <laughs> All the time, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's mainly the women of other members. Okay. You, you, don't, you don't hit on someone's wife or daughter. Like, that's disrespectful. Don't do But yeah, they're, most of these guys, you know, they're married, but they have a string of girlfriends or they're, they're involved with... Uh, uh, ladies of the night or whatever yeah they, they're breaking these rules constantly <laughs> yeah and then the other big rule was uh stay away from narcotics 
which they break even more than the be respectful to women thing. I mean, you can you can see that they get involved in narcotics all the time. Some of the biggest guys in mafia his were narcotic. They were drug dealers. They dealt in heroin. And it's oh this I don't know why they, this rule was ever a rule because nobody follows it and nobody <laughs> gets in trouble for not following it because they all do it. I'm curious and it's slightly off topic, but but it just triggered it in my head when you were discussing that so you were talking about how you know respect the boss well with the structure of this with the boss Mm -hmm. now is the boss the boss until he dies or can potentially another member of the mafia overthrow the boss it's a good question uh i would say typically until he dies but it it has been known for somebody to step down okay uh, when they're older for retirement or if somebody ends up going to prison, they might hand it off to somebody because you know, some some guys do run it from prison, but it's easier to not have to run things from prison. So uh, it's not always until they're dead. Um, bosses have a bad habit of getting killed. Uh, less so in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not as bad, but that's sort of the thing is is the, the higher up you go, the more likely it is somebody is going to want you. <laughs> so, so it's not always great to be the boss. But there is, you don't know of an instance where a lower member of the mafia over the boss and took control. Not in Milwaukee. But that does happen other places. It has, it has, it has happened. happened. Okay. It has okay. happened, yeah. Okay. Okay, but not in Milwaukee. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have a lot of firsthand uh, knowledge of, of people becoming members in Milwaukee because we're limited to what the informants tell us. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's public. They don't keep like a... A ledger you can look at. <laughs> um, but we know from informants that uh, Frank Balistrieri, who was the mob boss for most of most of the time, we'll probably talk about the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, he, he became a, a member back in the 1940s. His sponsor was a man named Andrew DeSelvo, who was uh, out, of, out of Racine. So it was kind of neat that, that a Racine guy was like his sponsor. And DeSelvo was related to other guys who were members both in the Milwaukee area and the Madison area. So he actually had little connections all over. Them. So that was kind of neat. But now was he, he was not part of either one of the mafias, the Madison or the Milwaukee mafia? DeSelvo? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, well, he, he couldn't be a sponsor if he Okay. That's, that was what yeah. I was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like Racine would be like part of, would be part of Milwaukee, but they had their own little clique or whatever right there. there. So they, they still answered to Milwaukee, but they had their own. They had their own meetings or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the only one that I, only time I know of people becoming members that they that they caught in Milwaukee or an informant talked about in Milwaukee uh, was in 1968, and there were four guys who became members at the same time. Um, it was uh, Rudy Porchetta, Joseph Ania. Jimmy Gennaro and Walter Broca. So if anybody knows his name, I know you don't, but if anybody <laughs> out there knows those names, those guys all became members in 1968. And it even, they even uh, wrote down who their sponsors were in this. So um, the informants were, were very active in the 60s. So a lot of what we know comes out of the 60s. Uh, the biggest informant was killed in the 1970s. So the, our information stops in the 1970s. <laughs> at, least, at least the best information we got. And I won't say who the informant was uh, at this time. That's definitely a whole other topic. But So now you say that the informants were, were killed in the 70s. The information stops. Did well, we at, never, least, at least some of the best information, yeah. Did we never go get new informants just because the mafia was at that point in time was not that big of a deal? Whereas in the 60s, it was probably at its peak and 
so the the police were police law enforcement were way more focused on trying to know what's going on within the organization uh, i would agree that it was probably at its peak in the 60s and 70s i, I think that's probably right and they, they they got other informants it's just i don't necessarily know who the inf- were oh okay so they're out there you just have to figure out you have yet to discover right, their names right this is sort of the thing is like uh they don't tell you who the informants were like even after they're they're long gone and you know 50 years later they still won't reveal it's like that's the one thing they take super serious is when they tell these guys we're not going to reveal they don't they mm-hmm. really don't so um i know informants because in the documents it'll say like this information came from m-1 and that's like how they identify and it is by these random numbers and if you see enough documents you can start putting the clues together and you know who a guy is so i know who like the main is but yeah they had other informants who i have no No idea idea who they were and i probably will never know Hmm. so maybe i misunderstood this because so like those the four people that got you talked about that where got became mafia members in 1968 they were not they were not informants they were not informants no no but they're just an informant this unknown M1 reported yeah. these people as okay, okay. right, right. Gotcha. He was he was a guy who was um, again. I don't want to name his name yet, but he was a high ranking guy. He had a brother who was involved, a father who was involved, an uncle who was involved. So, I mean, he got a lot of really good information. Um, so yeah, if somebody was going to get made, I mean, well, he probably was at the ceremony when it happened. But I mean, he would have known months in advance that these guys were getting recruited. Gotcha. It's insane. All right, so you got any more for us? I really today? don't. I really don't. Do you, if you had any other questions about how you become a member, but I think that's uh, that. Kind I of think you handle you covered it pretty well. Um, you know, I I would advise nobody that is listening to this podcast to go out and find out if that's really true. We highly we highly discourage that. Well, yeah, don't don't try to be a member of the. <laughs> Some of this might uh, sound exciting and glamorous, but we do not encourage joining. Mafia. Yeah, we might need to add like a disclaimer yeah, at the beginning should. of the show or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those pitfalls of uh, researching and writing like true crime because you get you get excited, <clears throat> you know, like oh man, this really cool this really cool murder happened, and you're already like you probably shouldn't say this really <laughs> cool murder. That's not really you know, but it's it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I think I think that fascinating is the better word yes. to go with. Is the safer word to go with than fascinating. There we go. Than that's cool. The, right, right. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing. You don't want it. You don't want to like promote it. You don't want to. I mean, encourage it. It's not good. You know, people who kill people should get caught. But it it really that's the stuff that really grabs your attention. Yeah. All right. Well, very cool. We will wrap this episode up. Uh, Gavin, if you want to just let everybody know if they got questions, where to hit you up at. Uh, you can email milwaukeemafia at gmail.com. Um, you can go to milwaukeemafia.com and find all the great things there. Or you can go to facebook.com slash milwaukeemafia, which uh, I post to pretty regularly. And you can message me there. Cool. And patreon.com slash milwaukeemafia. And as always, please, if you enjoy this podcast, leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. And we will be back in two weeks. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. Join us next week for another look back at Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history. 
Hey there, e-commerce enthusiasts. Let me tell you about a game changer in shipping, ShipStation. It's the ultimate platform for simplifying your shipping process. With ShipStation, you can easily import, manage, and ship your orders in no time. It integrates seamlessly with your favorite e-commerce platforms and carriers, ensuring a smooth workflow. Gain valuable insights with their powerful analytics and reporting tools. Say goodbye to shipping headaches. Visit MilwaukeeMafia.com slash ship and level up your shipping game today.